Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth Podcast. I'm Jack Smith. I'm Shrikar Rajendran. And I'm Anish Gupta. And we hope that you guys had a good Thanksgiving, a nice little holiday break, revitalize a little bit, sit down, watch some football, eat some food. Obviously, if you guys are paying attention, no, no podcast last week. We were off doing family stuff, couldn't get one out. I think we were 15 or 14 straight weeks in a row. So it was nice to have, you know, a little break, but definitely missed hopping on call with you guys to record the podcast episode. And then yeah. just watching that, that whole week of football. We got a really good episode planned for you guys today. We're talking about a lot of different things like the Dolphins, uh, some fantasy start sits as well. We've got, uh, of course, picks as usual, the Bills, a whole bunch of stuff to get into. But before we get into that, guys, how was your football weekend? How was your whole football week over break? How was your Thanksgiving? All that. Uh, I had a great Thanksgiving. Got to spend time with family. Got to see Goop again. Got to see my friends. Uh, Football-wise, I'd say it was, it was pretty solid. Um, that Niners-Vikings game was awesome. Um, I'm not even talking about like the Niners winning. It's just a great game. And I think this team is in solid shape to make a serious run, man. And this is the time to get hot. So I'm really excited about where this team is going. Obviously, the offense is still a little limited with Jimmy Garoppolo. Debo's groin injury concerns me. Uh, even though it's one week, it's a groin injury. So I have to be concerned. But, you know, this team's looking solid, man. This team's looking solid. And I'm really excited. So I had a great football week and a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, my week was pretty fun. I had to pay uh, for Shrikar's donuts, which kind of sucked. Um, <laughs> mini golf, mini golf. Um, mini golf. Yeah. I, oh, pro tip, never sleep in a car at night. It is so cold. Why were you like, sleeping oh in a car? <laughs> just long story. It was just so cold. Like, And we're in California, too. I was in, I was in the hoodie and full sleeves and jeans, and I was still freezing out of my mind. Do not sleep in a car. Yeah, so I didn't I didn't get much sleep during this past week. I was home for the entire week. But yeah, Thanksgiving was awesome. I played poker for the first time and won some money. But um, what do you call it? Football wise, terrible. I did win the week. I did win the week with fans. But this dude, it sucks being a Browns fan like it like it really does, because the worst part is because Jack knows his team's going to lose. I get hope. I have hope every week, every single week. And it just something bad it's it's always something even when we win we find a way to lose so and this this game was no different i mean defense was great and then you know we just couldn't capitalize on sunday night just a bad bad week in terms of football um but you know move on brown's got a bye week so it's like been what hey you do realize the team that went to the super bowl last year had a week 13 bye so you know, that's the only positive spin I can put on the. They Browns. also went on a crazy run. Yeah, I know. No, that's let me let me just. <laughs> they also have one, Tom Brady, not Baker. Let Mayfield. me have one positive spin, just one. Okay, the Baker Mayfield poster is gone. I might have to put it back. Maybe some good luck. Will, I don't even know. But yeah, let's <laughs> let's let's just move on from my football week. Just not. At least OSU beat Michigan, right? You don't even. <laughs> have, don't even, don't even do it, dude. I wasn't gonna say I wasn't gonna say because I didn't want to I was in shit okay look I'm gonna just blame it on the fact that my uncle who comes to watch it with us every year we've been watching it every year for the last what like what 15 I mean ever since like you know I've been alive we watch it every year and he wasn't here this year because uh he's in Boston uh uh staying a year for I think work so the one year he's not here we lose so and we didn't watch it in 2011 I remember we didn't watch it either because um we had to go visit my grandma for something. So the two times we have not watched it as a family, we've lost. So. Superstitions, man. Yeah, it's tough. I'm definitely going to – you got to fill me in on the story of why you were sleeping in a car because I can't wrap my <laughs> yeah. head around that quite. Uh, but 
contrary to you, my football weekend was absolutely fantastic. You mentioned, I know my team's going to lose every week, but they did come out. They beat the Texans of all teams, picked up a win on picks because of that. It was nothing. It was definitely not pretty, but Zach Wilson's first game back. Can't judge him too much on that. I, I hope he starts to turn around because like the rest of the team is playing pretty well. The defense, the, the defensive line, specifically Elijah Moore, you got good production from the running backs and it's all working out. Just got to figure Zach Wilson out. And then the other, the big news that dropped on Sunday, you got a, Lincoln Riley coming, <laughs> Lincoln Riley coming to USC. Uh, all good. They're going to lose this weekend anyway. You know what? Next season, we're, we're, we're gearing up for next season. But uh, this whole like USC coaching carousel thing that you've heard the name thrown in like Luke Fickle from Cincinnati, Dave Aranda from Baylor. And it's just kind of the, the list started to thin out. You, you, and I was really, really nervous. And then the bomb dropped on Sunday. I randomly, I opened up Twitter and I hadn't even got a notification about it yet, which I was super surprised about. And I had to double check to make sure it wasn't joking. And I just, I was so hyped. Lincoln Riley, uh, probably a top, at least a top five head coach in college football, a uh, really good offensive mind. He's still really young. He's a great recruiter, st- stole a ton of uh, Southern All California right, yeah, talent. No, in the 72 hour period, that was just, it was inevitable. No, it was, it was pretty awesome. And, and of course, bringing along a good staff, uh, flipping some recruits from Oklahoma. We've already seen two five stars uh, in this year and next year coming to USC now committed so it's going to be a wild ride. Hopefully I was, you know, a little bit down on the football. I thought I was going to be seeing in my, in my four years there. And now it, it looks like uh, there's a very good shot. We might see a college football playoff team in Southern California. And I'm not talking about UCLA in the next couple of years. So yeah, football weekend was pretty great. I'm so hyped, but it's time to get into some NFL takeaways from last week. That. What? 62 to 33. Just, just remember that score. For a bit. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it, they had a couple of years off of winning so, so they can have one. It's okay. This is a lost season next season we'll be back. But uh, my, for, my takeaway from, from last week, and I wish we could kind of, I wish we had time to go back two weeks ago as well, but we're just gonna focus on last week. Mine is that the dolphins are turning things around and they're finally looking like the team that we kind of thought they would be coming into this season. And I think that one of the key switches and something that honestly hasn't been talked about a lot was Brian Flores taking over the defensive play calling. Yeah. Because after that moment, they've just been suffocating the teams that they've played uh, the defense. They're, they're running so many blitzes. They're getting great production out of everyone. They're finally looking like that hot, like high quality top tier defense we expected coming into the year. And another key piece, which I wish I had gotten the film room out before the season of uh, Jalen Waddle and Jalen Phillips, because the rookies that the dolphins have, have been absolutely killing it over the past couple of weeks. Jalen Waddle obviously been on fire. Javon Holland's really balling out. He's, he's, he's yep. breaking out, playing all kinds of positions over the defense corner and safety and blitzer, a little bit of linebacker. He's playing everywhere, balling out. And then Jalen Phillips, uh, he kind of emerged the last week. He was the highest graded, uh, highest graded rookie first rounder by PFF. And funny enough, Jalen Waddle second on that list. He had two sacks, I believe two tackles for loss as well. Uh, and the defensive rookie of the week. So th- them three, as well as just Brian Flores taking over play calling and the rest of the team Tua getting healthy and the rest of the team kind of figuring it out. Gaskin playing well, the dolphins really turning things around. And while I'm not really going to expect them, I, I don't know if we can expect them to fully push forward and, and grab one of those last playoff spots. It makes me feel much better than I, I did, you know, four I think weeks ago it was when they were my takeaway that things were really crumbling so I'm excited but for what I'm seeing from the Dolphins and it really looks like the team we thought we were going to get preseason Chris Greer had an absolute Dolphins oh you want to go no you can go you can go I remember for the Dolphins I kind of I kind of told you guys right to kind of wait on it like this was a team that you know I still kind of believed in not as much as last year but you know 
Now what do they say? I believe they're sitting at five and seven or four and seven. Four and I think it's seven. five and five and five seven. And seven. Their yeah. buy is week 14. So they're five and seven right now. They're one four straight. Getting hot at the right time, unfortunately, I think it's going to be a little bit too late. That's why in the NFL, right? You know, you either st- if you start slow, sometimes you just can't come back from it. And it really sucks because there's only what 17, you know, 18 games, or sorry, 16, 17 games in the last, you know. And it's just hard to really, you know, pick up sometimes when you start off really slow. So that sucks. But I think, again, you know, I remember Jack kind of saying, is the rebuild, you know, did they set themselves back from the rebuild a couple of years? Right. And I said, hold up. I think this is still something that they can continue with. And I think we can as of right now. And I think it could still change. But I think they're still on track. Like they're still on course for this team to, you know, with this core to do some things you mentioned. I wanted to talk about when you mentioned this takeaway, Jalen Waddle, who is I remember I had my doubts coming into the season for him when the, he got drafted, but it's after I think week two, when he got like 12 catches for like 58 yards, I was like, this is, this is a guy that can do it all. Right. Cause he was known for his speed, but he's also leading all rookies in receptions and it's not even that close. So he's, he's a number one guy, right. That you can look to, to go down the field or to just, you know, get you that first down on third and four. And that's what I look for in a number one receiver. So he's, you know, proved me wrong in a lot of ways. I'm glad I scooped him my 14 man uh, for fantasy. He's been really good. Uh, and then you also mentioned Javon Holland, a guy that I've been high on ever since, you know, the first part of the season when PFF loved him and uh, he's ranked, he's been ranked pretty high in a lot of rankings. So, and well-deserved. Um, but to kind of touch up on Tua, I wanted to talk about a lot about him. Cause you guys know, I'm a quarterback guy and Tua has been really, really solid. The last few weeks, he has been really solid. Can't lie. He's been pushing the ball down the field. I believe he has the highest passer rating uh, of any quarterback with around 110 over the last month. That's all. I'm I'm not going to say, you know, not going to say dig too much into that, but it is a big positive that we should look into. And that if, if he can continue to win these games for them, right. Or at least put them in position to win like he's doing. You know, I think the sky's the limit for this Dolphins team going forward. But again, I think Tua bought himself another year. That's what I would say. I don't know if he bought himself. We need to wait for the season to play out fully before I can say that because this front office is like, you remember early season, they completely lost faith in them and all the Watson rumors, everything. I like how he's been able to handle that situation because I think he's handled it as good as he could because he's balling out right now. But I don't know. I'm going to wait for the season to end before I say that he's bought himself another year, but he's looking really solid over these past few weeks. They got the Giants this week, and then you got a bye in week 14, and then the Jets. So something could really spark there. And then you got New Orleans, Tennessee, New England. Maybe you could play spoiler to Tennessee or New England. It could happen. But I don't, I don't know. It, 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 they're definitely on the uptick. Chris Greer had an absolute home run with this draft class. And if we compare it to last year, it's mm-hmm. not even close. Jalen Waddle, Jalen Waddle, immediate contributor. Jalen Phillips, immediate contributor. Javon Holland, a consistent and versatile safety. He'll be the leader of that backfield. You know, it's great. It's great. And I think the Dolphins are in great shape moving forward. Obviously, they have the Niner picks. So I think they're set up well. If Chris Greer can have just more draft classes like this one and not 2020, and he can prove he can be consistent with finding that type of talent, then yeah, the sky is the limit. And I think you, if you continue to build around Tua, I think he does have a real chance to succeed in Miami, contrary to what other people think that he has to be traded and he's only raising his value right now. Wait, Shriek, you mentioned the, the five games, I believe that is, or six that the Dolphins still have to play. I think it's five. Yeah. I only see them being you know, not favored in two of them. And I think, like you mentioned, I think they can play spoiler to Tennessee. So, and I'll let Jack maybe start off on this, right? Let's say they go one more loss, right? 
because and they have a pretty solid resume of teams they've beaten, right? Because the some of the tiebreakers are your uh, win percentage in conference games, right? They've beaten the Ravens and they've beaten the Pats. So what do you get? And if they beat the Titans, right? That's three teams that have a really good win percentage. So what do you think? Do you think nine and eight would be enough with their tiebreakers in? In the AFC, I I don't think so. We were talking pre-show. Yeah. There's four only four teams in the AFC are below 500. If it was the NFC, I mean they they'd probably be competing for a divisional championship, or they'd probably be there at the five seed if they were able to do that. Because ten of the sixteen teams in the NFC are under 500. So I don't know. It, it it would be nine and eight, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that it, would be it enough. could. But here's it, the thing: I think could. the AFC is balancing themselves out. That's the right, but. They, Right, yeah. but there's also still teams that are that are surging a little bit. Like I think they'll they'll probably pass up teams like Denver, who I who I don't think are you know as good as maybe their record suggests. Like they've got a chance to take the AFC West lead this weekend against KC. They're not that good. Uh, but but you know teams like Cincinnati. I think there's still teams like Cleveland. Uh, obviously Baltimore, even Pittsburgh. Like that whole AFC North division. Like probably three of them or at least two are going to the playoffs. I would Buffalo and New England right, yeah. also a hold down. Buffalo, with yeah, Buffalo. Like, do they have a game left against Buffalo? I forget. No, yeah. um, they both. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they. No, nah, they don't. I'm pretty sure they don't. Because yeah. it's yeah. If Giants, they did, if they did, and they were able they to flip that, you know, I, I think they'd still have a chance. But I just don't think nine and eight's enough, and, and that sucks because they'll by the end of the season, if they're doing that, they they will probably That'll be one of the seven best two years in a row where they're just right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That'll suck. That one and seven start just doomed them. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you can't do much. About I mean, that. you know, you yeah, they took some bad losses. I mean, just losses that they shouldn't. They simply shouldn't. That's why it's why the and uh, Atlanta were two that just you don't lose. You shouldn't lose. That's why the NFL is a sprint, man. It's it's not a marathon. You got to get that positioning early because now well, the Dolphins. I, mean, I think I, I think that it is a marathon in one way. But seventeen just, different sprints, seventeen individual sprints. But one in seven is just too big of a hole. Like the Patriots, they routinely start off a little bit slow and then over like once it gets to one in five is the cost. Thanksgiving, it's like then you can build back from that. But like when you start so low. You know, or yeah, it's yeah. One in five was at their start. Yeah, I think that's the lowest win percent starting that a team has made the playoffs back from. Yeah, I don't think I, anyone's just, made it from one in six. But that's because they, obviously we've had six start, playoff teams throughout. So the way they did yeah. start was just too much to to bounce back from. If they were one in four, like if if you start off three and five or something like that, you can you can bounce back from that. But I just from from where they were, it's just too much, and it sucks because they're going to probably end the season playing like one of the top seven teams in the AFC, but it's just not going to be enough to make the playoffs. Yeah, too little, too late. Uh, we can get into my takeaway real quick because yeah. we're going to stick in the AFC East here. We're going to talk about the Bills. Thanksgiving Day was very, very awkward because they did pick up a win, but obviously the Tredavious White injury, it's a torn ACL. He is out for the year. It is a crushing blow. And right now, in my mind, a few things need to happen for Buffalo to, you know, get this thing back on the road. For one, your pass rush has to improve dramatically. They are getting walloped in the trenches right now on offense and defense. So I think their pass rush has to improve. You look at the corner depth right now, and I think their starting corners are Levi Wallace and Asante. Aaron Johnson. Asante. Right? Or wait, no. Who's He's the, on the Chargers, my guy. Sorry, who's the rookie corner <laughs> that they have? Sorry, not Asante. Um, they have a rookie corner. I'm forgetting. I think that. it's Levi Wallace and Taron Johnson. I, yeah. Yeah, Taron, but there's, they have a rookie in the slot, right? I'm forgetting. Oh, I know exactly. Name. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, that, you're right. I, I'm forget, I, not Asante. I, I, See, I'm mixing him up. Asante, I'll, look I know real, I'll look it up real quick. But also, um, I think Josh Allen has to also play better because definitely he's been getting national shine as an MVP candidate. But as someone who's in Syracuse right now, 
I'm getting all these Bills games, and I've been watching them. He has had some great performances, but he's also been extremely hit or miss. Like, this is nothing like 2020. And sometimes you can just see him reverting back to that 2019, 2018, or that 2019 form that he was in. So I think he's got to step up because he is being treated like a superstar. He's getting paid like a superstar. So if the Bills are going to get this thing rolling without Tredavious White, he's, he's got to play like a superstar at some point. He can't be giving inconsistent performances on a weekly basis, especially in the AFC, in this division where New England is currently you know, on top. You got to get your thing together because the Bills could definitely take this division, but it's on Josh Allen and it's on the trenches to, you know, get the job done there. So I think the loss of Tredavious White is crushing. Is it season ending? No, but there are things, there are a lot of things that have to happen in order to keep the, you know, the, the ship afloat per se. Can I, I want to, so you mentioned Josh. Yes. So I've, I think we all know how much I love Josh Allen and we haven't, I haven't really had to talk about him much just because everyone's finally realized how good he is. Now I can finally come out and defend him. First off the bills, you mentioned how, you know, hit or miss they are. You're right. They're a very dynamic team when they win. And then they just have these losses where you're like, what, what is this? Right. Like they they only have one win over a team that over a team that is above 500. So, yeah. you know, that is a little bit kind of concerning. Right. But for Josh, look, you guys are saying all this, yet they're still seven and four. So it's like, you know, they're still there. And this is a guy that, like you mentioned, they can't, they are so bad in the trenches and yet he still finds ways to put up points. This is a guy that is super talented. will put his body on the line for his team as a great leader. Teammates love him. This is like, that, that's what made me, you know, respect and, you know, really defend Josh Allen. And I think that's, you know, I think that's going to have to come into fruition again for people that are questioning this team. He's still that guy. And for the Bills, uh, again, maybe you found the rookie corner's name. My bad on Asante. But I was th- I don't know why I mixed up Greg Rousseau and Asante. Those are the two rookies that were picked back to back. That's a pass but, rusher, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, I don't know <laughs> why. A, I thought I was His body type is a little bit oh, different we had, No, we had, I remember I had mocked Asante to the yeah, Bills. Yeah, I think you mocked him. I had mocked Asante to the Bills. Which would have been the, a great pickup, by the way. I know. That would have been phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, so you're right. The Trey White injury is very bad. Um, you know, they've still got pieces on defense. I, I just think we just got to let this play out because the, the, the games against the Pats are where we will see it, right? Because in 2019, Josh couldn't beat them, right? And in 2020, he could. So that was the kind of difference, right? Between the Bills and the Pats over the course of the two years. He could. I remember in 2019, it was like week 16. They had a real shot at the division, right? And he just couldn't beat Brady. Now, you're, you know, the Pats are do, do, looking pretty good. This is kind of a Josh Belichick rematch see how it kind of goes but i think you know shriekard's kind of point was just how up and down they are i will concede yep. with that but what i will say is just we can't count out this team because they're still a team you don't want to see in january and i don't think That's anyone's right. counting counting them out but also yeah. like you said the same thing can be applied to the pats these next like the games against the bills are where we're going to know if bills the pats and Colts, are for real got or not. three three yep yeah. yep and we got yeah. and we got one this week. We got we got Patriots Bills this week, which we'll get to later. I definitely agree with you, Shigar. I mean, first of all, the Travis White injury. It's it's a it's a it's a brutal blow to this team. He's been he was a little disappointing last year. Uh, he's really turned things around this year, playing like a top five corner, like we thought a couple of years ago, especially when everyone was like thinking he might be the best corner in football. Uh, but about the Bills in general, and it's something that I think we've kind of hinted at for the last couple of weeks. They do struggle in the trenches. That's why I picked Indianapolis over them, and they haven't. The Indianapolis was like the first team to really just pound the ball 
up the middle, around the edge. They were just running the ball all over the Colts. And I think that the Colts or the, the Bills are going to struggle against those kind of teams. And it's a little fitting, like New England can be when they're on one of those teams that can run the ball on almost anyone. So I feel like, especially on the defensive line, they are not, you know, they're not rushing the passer and stopping the run to the best of their abilities. I mean, they've got a ton of talented players on that line. Greg Rousseau, uh, we've got Ed Oliver, tons of other guys, AJ Epinesa, who has been playing much yeah. better this season, especially earlier in the year. And on the offensive line, the pass rush has just been getting to them a little bit more, uh, pinning their ears back just because this is what you're going to get when you decide not to run the ball at all, which is basically what Buffalo has done uh, for the last two years. So I think there's a little, there's a couple of kinks to figure out in the offense and on the defense, being able to stop the run and just winning on some more pass rush situations. I have no doubts in my mind that over time we'll kind of regress back to the mean a little bit. Uh, we'll see what this Buffalo team really is, but definitely over the past couple of weeks, we've seen them struggling, especially when you talk about like, you know, both lines, uh, the offensive line and defensive line to your point in each, I don't think any of us are doubting Josh Allen at the moment, especially going forward as well. But I don't think you can argue that he's been slightly disappointing in a couple of games this season. And that has led to some disappointing Buffalo losses. Yeah. I think it's just Josh had those MVP aspirations and yeah. I don't know why Fox bet still has him as the second highest odds. That's just baloney. Like, just like because I don't the, know MB, why. the MVP race is in shambles right now. That's, I, that's I, don't yeah, like, I get it. But you know, Josh shouldn't be second as much as I love him. Josh shouldn't be second, but you know, who should be one uh, if we want to get into my take Wait, before, before we get into that one. I, so a couple, a couple weeks ago, you were taking your victory lap on picking Matthew Stafford as your MVP pick. I was wondering. Yeah. Again, dude, I goop cursed him. I goop cursed him. Uh, yeah, so I was just was wondering that? if you had any comments. Yeah. So I goop cursed Matthew Stafford or as Jack would say, gup cursed. I, I don't know where <laughs> just how this. I read it. I don't know why. No. Okay. Well, yeah. So Matthew Stafford, whatever a guy who is first though, best pu- went to the best public school in the Nat. Best overall school ranked by Forbes, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers. And my takeaway is that he is the most valuable player in football. Uh, That is something that I think I've said. You know, I've always said he's one of the three most, right? Uh, And I think it's safe to say that he is number one as of right now. And I know I've always said, you know, I'm a huge Brady guy. But I think with Aaron Rodgers is just, you know, what he's doing with a team that just shouldn't even (sighs) – like if I list all the injuries that they had going into that Rams game, right. And like literally the one reason why I took green Bay, you know, yes, they were at home. This guy doesn't lose at home except to Carson Wentz, but (laughs) he's like, this dude finds, he just finds ways to make things happen. And, you know, again, they had, they were missing three offensive linemen, right. They're missing Jair, Darius Smith. I mean, you know, they're literally missing like five of their seven best players. And this dude just comes in and gets the job done with whoever. And I think for him, right. He's such a, transcendent throw of the football he knows you know where you know to kind of throw it in the right spots and it's so weird because when you watch him right it always seems like he's chucking it downfield at least one time a drive but you know he finds the holes in the defense and I think he's just at this point he's outsmarted defensive coordinators like he's come to a point where he knows you know every part of the field and I think for him he's made this franchise relevant year after year and this right now, I think the Packers sh- should be number one in every everyone's power rankings. They Again, they can beat you in so many different ways, right? They can win with their defense and they can win with their offense. They can win with their running game. They can win with their passing game. And they've got a good pass defense. They've got a good pass rush. I mean, there's literally nothing that I – I think this is Aaron Rodgers' best team since 2011, if not better, because in 2011 they were a wild card team. So I think this should be the overwhelming favorites right now. So my takeaway is that Rodgers is the most valuable player. I think he's the M- should be the front runner for MVP. 
and the Packers are the best team in football right now. Um, looking at the MVP race, I think I think it's Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes in my top three, depending what goes down on Sunday night. I think that's the top three. Only reason I'm going to still have Brady over Rodgers is because Rodgers' numbers are just not near Brady's. And ultimately, huh? that's... Whoa, no, 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 no. Numbers. He, his touchdown to interception ratio is way better. And if you take yards, out... Yards, I think... Brady's, with, with Brady's MVP beat him in yards, volume. not by that much, though. Not, and that's because Rodgers has missed the game. But you got to think, the main stats are what MVP voters are going to be looking at. And yeah, but that's if you look at yards gonna... per game, they're pretty close. Like, I, they... But here, no, no, no. Here, here's where I'm going to agree with you, though. I think in terms of value, I would have Rodgers over Brady. But in the MVP race, I'd take Brady over Rodgers still. I'll give it like maybe a week or two. I think it's still too close I to call. I think the numbers, I got to go with Brady, though. But I think, you're, I think you're right, though. He is the most valuable player in football. I'm just saying from an MVP race perspective, it's different. But... I, I can't even remember how many injuries they have. I know Jair's out. Zadarius Smith is out. Elton, Elton Jenkins is out. David Bakhtiari is out. Those are all key pieces in the trenches, no less. And he is able to work with that and still pick up wins against, you know, good teams like the Rams. Don't forget, I Kenny had the, Clark's been banged up. Kenny they Clark is a great interior I know presence. He's back in the offseason, but again, new They've center. had some games without Devontae Adams as well. Yep, and he's been able to make it work. So I, I, I give you credit there. He, he is the most valuable guy. And without Ro- without Rogers, we we've seen how that went. Jordan Love just couldn't, you know, he couldn't drop seven engineer. Points. He seven couldn't engineer points on. A he couldn't engineer the offense like Rogers did. It just wasn't even it wasn't close. I don't know whether that makes the Jordan Love pick look worse, but ugh, I'm still gonna give it time there. I, but he's just not. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not nothing close to Aaron Rodgers. And. I think I think with Green Bay, I'd also have them number one in my power rankings. It is a little bit still close between them and Arizona, but for now, I'd, I'd put Green Bay ahead. Um, just because, look, with Arizona, Colt McCoy, it's an admirable story. You know, even with got, Kyler, and even with Kyler on a neutral field or in Green Bay or in I'd, Arizona, I'd, I'm taking I'd take the Packers. The Packers. And, and I'm thinking in January, too. In January, would I take the Packers or the Cardinals? I think on, on any field, I would take Aaron Rodgers. It's, that's just how it is. He beat, he beat uh, the Cardinals earlier in the year. That was a great game. But, yeah, I, I think Brady over Rodgers in the MVP race, but Rodgers is the most valuable player in the NFL. Before I get to what I think about Anisha's takeaway, who are you guys taking, though, neutral field right now, Packers, Bucks, Brady, Rodgers? Um, you know I can't bet against – okay, look. It's so I can't, tough. I can't, bet, I can't <laughs> bet against Brady, but I will say this. I think this team – like everyone was saying, right? Remember last year, I think, I don't know if you guys picked the Bucks with me, but I picked them last year. Like, I think that this team would beat the Bucks. Like, this is a way better team to face the Bucks than last year because they caught them at well, a long time. Also, the Bucks' time. secondary is banged up. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and the Packers' defense is better. Or Mike Edwards for like, you know, the, I don't know what the, like, I don't know what, you know, I guess you'll get once, AB back. Once the, Packers, once the Packers no, get you, healthy, they're not I'm getting AB back for three back. weeks. No, no, but I'm, but you're saying what you're saying right now though, because it's like that's why I'm saying that we're in January. That's why I was going to ask. Full, full, or I guess not full strength, but because neither neither are right. Yeah, so. right now, right now. Oh yeah, pack. I take right it. now. Packers, wow. Well, okay. Yeah. I think even if the Packers, the Packers are getting scarier the more they get healthy. Just keep that True. in mind. So if we're looking ahead to January, 
I, I'm still going to take the Packers, honestly. Just it's just, you don't it's need, too close. You don't man. need to rush Jair back again. We're talking about these guys you that don't. stepped up. Rasul Douglas, who they literally picked off off the street, right, is playing some of the best football he's ever played in his career. Eric, Eric Stokes, Stokes was an amazing pick. Uh, like people hated it because they were like, should have taken a receiver, should have taken a receiver. He has been extraordinary. So, you know, they've hit, they've hit on their picks. And I think, look, as much as Rodgers in the front office don't get along, they have to admit it just works. It just does. Okay. Like front office gives Rodgers the players he needs and Rodgers gives it back. Like he gives production back, you know, and again, the Packers Rams game, it was not close. I'm sorry. Like, yes, the score was no, eight points, but it was not like they, they dominated time possession. Rodgers was phenomenal. Even in cold weather through for what I believe 307 yards, two touchdowns ran for one. Like you just find he makes plays completely yeah. faked out Jalen Ramsey. Yep. Completely left him in the dust. I think the reason that the Packers front office makes the moves that they make is because they know they are probably better off giving Rodgers, you know, a, a weak wide receiver core and then building up the defense. Cause they know Aaron can make it work with anyone. And that's what he's done for the past five plus years. He makes it work with guys like Mark Marquez Valdez, Scantling, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, Alan Lazard. He brought Randall Cobb back and he's turned Randall Cobb into like a serious weapon for them. He has, he works with anyone that they throw at him. So like, of course he's going to complain, you know, why, you know, aren't, you giving me what I want on the wide receiver front and Packers fans are gonna be like, you know, really we need wide receiver depth. We've got no one behind Devontae Adams, but as we see every year, Rogers makes it works. And I, I agree. I think he's the most valuable player in, in football. And I think that exact example is what proves that if I were to describe him in one word, I think I would use precise and not like precise in a, just a term of like, he makes throws accurately because there's a difference between being accurate and being precise. And I feel like what, what I'm saying is, Anish, you bring up he can outsmart defensive coordinators, but he can just, no matter, even if they have him beat, he seems to always, always be able to make that one throw. It's like if you put a, a piece of string or a Swiss cheese in front of him, he hits the, the little hole in the defense every single time. He's so yep. precise. He it's, it's just so calculated. He's so cool. And sometimes it looks like he has no idea what he's doing, but I assure I know, but you. He just, yeah. It's like, it's like in basketball where you have the ball on the string. That's literally yep. him. Like I, he's, he's probably just, the most accurate thrower I've ever seen. And the only reason I'd pick him over Brady is because you got to consider how hard some of these throws are for him. Yeah. Brady's in the pocket. He's running out of the pocket a lot. Yeah. And he's still, Sometimes he makes it so hard on himself, but he just like, for example, I don't and know. And he's still able to hit it. Though. The, the one where he threw it to Tunyon right on the, the chest, I mm-hmm. think it was against Detroit. He had, I think it was Cobb on a 15 yard uh, crossing route wide open. But he's like, nope, I'm going to stick this in there in between two defenders in his numbers. Or it's like this dude just, I feel like he knows he's so, you know, as Jack said, I can't, he's going to, you know, I'm trying not to take the exact words, but as you know, I'm just going to steal what you said. He's so calculated with it. And I think every team right now, if the Packers get this first round by or, and the the home field advantage, you don't want to play him in Lambeau. Like he he doesn't, you don't. Yeah. The playoffs are a different story. I mean, we've seen, you're right. Great you're Packers right. teams throughout the regular season that just kind of fizzle out once it gets to he's got a losing January, February. So uh since the Super Bowl. So yeah, you know, we'll see. But I think the only team that can beat him in Lambeau is Tampa Bay. I think that's the only team. I wouldn't give anyone else a shot. I, what do I you think say the Cardinals. I think, now? yeah, I mean the Cardinals, you, you gotta because they made it close. And I feel like New England right now with the way they're playing. No, 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 I'm saying at Lambeau. No, in the NFC. In the NFC. Oh, in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals. Cardinals. No one's beating him at Lambeau except Tampa. I don't think so. And, you know, the Niners always had the Packers number, right, Shigar? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I, the way I, they're I, playing, I mean, what, what if we get a what if we get a two v seven and you know it's possibility right now. That. Right now, I think I it's it would be a disappointment for the Niners if they're at the seven seed just because of how bad the NFC's oh, yeah, been. They're, they're sitting at the yeah. six right now. Yeah, I think they're locked. I think they're locked at six plus. Yeah, like yeah, it has to be. Yeah, NFC. I think NFC it's, is, is it's bad. probably gonna it's probably gonna be six seed for the Niners. Lucky NFC, you're so lucky. You who's who's the seven right now? Because uh, we, uh, we haven't really seven is Washington. 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 No, I'm saying like who do you who do you expect at the end of the season? Say say tough. If, it's tough, but I think it's gonna geez. be between Washington and Minnesota. Washington's got a pretty decent schedule. I'm gonna yeah. say Minnesota. One of the two. Actually, Minnesota's not know. doing anything, and Washington don't. Yeah, Washington. It, it depends on the next couple of weeks. Philly's at no. Wait, yeah. You don't think Philly? I, I don't know. I don't know. About They'd Philly. have to win out. They'd have to win. Yeah, out. I don't know about Philly. And they have to play Dallas. Jalen Hurts is a little too inconsistent too. I, That's I, I true. Yeah. I don't know. Washington, Minnesota is be interesting. I don't think either of those teams deserve to be in the playoff. And it's gonna be crazy. We're <laughs> well, gonna see the teams miss the playoff in the Washington's AFC. Washington's got some good teams beat though. Like they they have some good wins. Yeah, yeah that's true. And they played the Chargers close. They played good teams. Like again, we're just talking about the Packers, right? If if they had just been competent in the in the red zone, they would have won that game. Remember yeah. they had like four drives in the red zone, they missed all four. Like that was just an anomaly. So it's going to suck though. We're, we're going to see the teams that missed the AFC playoff. Like you could see a team like Cincinnati get left off. You could see uh, maybe the chargers, maybe uh, even, even, even the Broncos or the dolphins. And you're going to see Washington or Minnesota roll into a playoff game. And it's going uh, to, it's going to make people pretty yeah. upset that our fan base is the other It'll team. It'll make because, me upset. Cause I know yeah. we're probably not going to get in and some scrubby team is going to take the seven seed and get demolished by either Arizona or green Bay. It's just uh boohoo. Or or they're gonna pull off an upset because that's what we've gotten all season. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's I think that's pretty what much all we got me. for uh takeaways for yep. takeaways yep. from last week. So I think it's time to get into fantasy start sit. Last week we didn't put out the names, but uh, we would have done pretty well. I remember you know we were just kind of spitting out some names. I was saying start Dalton Schultz, and he said start Leonard Fournette, which if, hey, if he only, got me 44. He would have gotten you 44, too. If, if only we had made an episode last week yeah, and put out that gem. Uh, but I think we've done pretty well on the season. We were talking before the episode. Sugar and I are actually sharing our fancy start. Sugar, I'll let you you uh, you know give him the name, give a little explanation, and then I'll, I'll back it up a little Wait, bit. Wait, it's not Joe Mixon? It's not Joe Mixon. That, that does not <laughs> count, Sugar. Before the episode. Oh, man. He's like, guys, should I say Joe Mixon? As if he's not the third. First, it was the first name that popped in my head, guys. Uh, our start is Jamal Williams. Um, he's playing. He's playing the Vikings. We saw what Elijah Mitchell did to that defense last week. I think the Vikings have the third worst run defense in the NFL right now, maybe third or second. I'm not sure, but it's pretty darn bad. Um, so I think Jamal Williams, with Swift being out, he's going to get a lot of looks. Uh, I think he's good out of the backfield too as a passing option. So I think Jamal Williams would be a good start this week. Yeah, and you had Dan Dan Campbell coming out and like explicitly saying we're going to lean on Jamal Williams quite a bit. And it's like on a list of things that you really never hear coaches say, it's stuff like that. You really never hear him come out and talk about, you know, we, we really are going to try and get this guy the ball. It, it never really happens. And of course it, you got to listen to it fantasy wise. I think Jamal Williams almost guaranteed over 20 touches in this game. And I feel like he'll be the same thing as Deandre Swift, where I say it's matchup dependent because the lions will probably end up losing by a significant margin in this game. But when that happens, Jared Goff dumps off the ball like crazy. So I think you should see a lot of points from Jamal Williams, especially in PPR leagues. Could you have just jinxed Minnesota? We'll find out. But probably. Um, I mean, the it's it's crazy for me to say this because you know the Lions hadn't had a hundred yard rusher in six years, mm-hmm. but now they're like a run first team. Yeah. So you know, which is weird to say, but um, yeah, I agree with you guys on Jamal Williams. I think 
you know, I think he's a great running, but he's been a great back on Green Bay. And now I think he's going to get a chance to shine uh, in this offense as, you know, pitiful as it can be. Uh, my start is a guy that, you know, I've never been the highest on. And, you know, I love how, you know, we remember the post that Jack sent, I think it was, what is your worst take of 2021? And a lot of Niner fans should apologize to me because they told me that Mr. Brandon Ayuk would be better than Debo Samuel. I want all those apologies right now. And I want every Niner fan to own up to it, including the man who is below me on your screen. But I will say Brandon Ayuk is my start. He is my fantasy start this week, obviously because Debo is hurt. And uh, again, Seattle secondary is just not that good. Uh, I think uh, also he's had, I believe, a 90% plus snap share slash count in the last like what, like six weeks. He's so, been getting involved, man. Yeah, they're getting him the ball. He's getting touches. He's getting down the field. He's also a good threat in the red zone. He's finally showing what people thought he could be. Still not better than Debo Samuel. I think finally people are going to accept that. Uh, but I think he's my fantasy start this week. Again, you know, you're going to have to throw the ball downfield against the Seattle team, and he's going to be the guy to get it done. 85 yards in back-to-back weeks, and if he throws a touchdown on that, you know, you're, you're, you're pretty set at the wide receiver position. My fantasy sit is a wide receiver. It's Odell Beckham Jr., someone I was really high on coming into the year, someone I have, I think, in two or three of my four fantasy leagues right now. Glad I don't draft him in a couple, picked him up in a couple. But what's crazy to me is, is ESPN's projecting at 12.7 PPR points. That's higher than guys like Corey Davis. It's higher than what they had Antonio Brown before he got ruled out. Uh, it's higher than even some running backs like Devonta Freeman. Uh, there was one where I, I don't remember exactly who it was they had him over. But I just think 12.7 points, is, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty tough projection for OBJ to go out. And yeah, he had a pretty good week last week. But I think a lot of that was dependent on that one big pass, uh, the, the long touchdown uh, from Matthew Stafford. So I, I don't know completely yet whether we can trust Odell Beckham Jr., I don't think he's carved out a role as the number two in this offense yet. I still think Van Jefferson's above him. So I feel like Van Jefferson, if you if you had to start one or the two, one or the other, I think I'm think I'm still leaning Jefferson for at least one more week. Got to see what we have in Odell. And I just don't see him living up to that, you know, 12.7 point projection. I feel like there's you got to have better guys on your team that you can start than OBJ. I agree with that. OBJ, it's gonna it's gonna take a little time. Obviously, still getting acclimated to a new offense, so stay away from him. My sit this week, um, even with Tredavious White missing, I'm going to say Mac Jones. And reason being, this is in Buffalo, in prime time. This is the biggest game of Mac Jones's career to this point. Obviously, he's a rookie. But I could, I could low-key see him being rattled in a situation like this. Even though it's Bill Belichick, I could see Mac Jones getting rattled. Um, and it, Kendrick Bourne had a great game last week, by the way. I got to give my props up to him, former Niner receiver. He had a great game. Um, but I just don't see Mac Jones. Something about this game just screams a Mac Jones letdown to me. I don't know what it is, but I think my sit here is Mac Jones, and I could easily see him, be, see him being rattled here. Let me keep it a buck with you. I don't think that many people are going to start Mac Jones. Well, maybe a super flex league. <laughs> no, yeah, maybe I mean, you could. A super you flex could. You're right. You definitely could. Uh, I, was, I was thinking between three guys and, you know, I don't like you guys can maybe help me out on which one I'm leading more on. I think right now I'm probably leading Mark Ingram, even though, cause I know Kamara has been ruled out, but again, they don't have their two tackles. So the Dallas, the saints, and then also Taysom Hill is going to get those red zone runs. Yeah, so I mean, it's not really going to matter considering this episode will come out after the game, but yeah, which darn man, I can't even have my, I, yeah, I would, so that I would was put Mark one. Ingram as a start, to be honest. I think Mark Ingram's going to have a pretty good day. I'd rather just, I doesn't have his two tackles. I, I and I think Taysom's going to get those red. We'll see. I, that was one. Another one was David Montgomery. 
uh, a guy who didn't have the best week against Detroit. And then again, you're going up against a pretty stout Arizona defense. But again, I think, you know, these are guys that he's the type of guy that where one big run can salvage the day. Yeah. And, and Arizona is much know, better against the pass. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's another guy. And then the third one was Foster Moreau. Uh, the tight end for the Raiders. Cause I know Darren Waller's been out and everyone's thinking, okay, you know, the last time he had hundred percent snap share, he went crazy with 60 yards and a touchdown. I don't know. I don't know if you go with him uh, in this situation. I suggest you find another tight end. Those were the three that I was thinking of, but I don't know which I'm still kind of on the fence on which one I would lean more on. I'm actually starting Foster Moreau in a flex spot over OBJ. Oh, wow. Is that bad or is that bad or good? I mean, I you obviously you're you're banking on floor then, because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a league. I'm kind of banking on floor, and I I wanted to put him in tight end, but like I can't take Dawson Knox out of the lineup right now. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah, don't that know. Was, I think that, you know if you, that's when I'm I mean, going flexes, back and forth. Flexes on. are always. I think you always kind of lean upside on flexes. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't. That's a tough one. You you know my thoughts on Odell, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna really get too much into that. But yeah, those are like kind of the three sets I was thinking about. I was again, I was gonna mention Brandon Cooks, but I don't want to do the injured players again because knowing my luck, he's gonna like get some type of injury in the next two days and miss like three weeks. So don't want to do that. Yeah, because you guys missed uh, a niche pick to Mari Cooper last week. He was making sure to keep someone completely off the injury report, and then he uh, gets COVID the next day, dude. Like yeah, what? That's what? wild. <laughs> so dumb like <laughs> so yeah if, if if either foster moreau david montgomery or mark ingram are listening to this episode right now which mark ingram won't be considering he'll be playing tonight uh, as, as we record this wear your mask stay away from people uh yeah, you know don't, don't stay healthy for falling cars uh you know no. try not to slip or anything like that because you never know the the goop curse yeah. it's real and, and it, it, come get so you. Real. it is gup so curse. real gup curse yeah, yeah but let's uh, let's get into picks for this week anish picked up one game on uh, you know shrikar <laughs> the fans and i last week shrikar took a couple uh, you know a couple games slide so i think right now it's fans and i are tied in first i'm yep. one we're one game up on shrikar and five games up on anish so anish is four games behind shrikar four, right? still still oh, a little yeah, bit no, down no. there but uh you know coming slowly. back and that's slowly. It's, it's, it's a slow burn and trying yeah. to make his way back and fans. I'm just trying to shake you guys off my tail, but we got five games this week, some good divisional matchups, including we'll get to later the Patriots and the bills is kind of the marquee matchup this week, but the first one Ravens and Steelers, this would may, be a much easier pick if the uh, Ravens did not look so bad last week against the Browns and Lamar threw four picks, but I'll start it off. I think they bounce back. I think Lamar, uh, you can tell the, the stuff he said this week, he's, he's really on himself. You can tell he went into the film room. He, he, he sat down and he really critiqued himself about, you know, his reads, his accuracy and everything like that. Plus also, like I mentioned to Anisha in text, he, yes, he was, you know, he did have a couple of weeks to freshen up a little bit, uh, but also, you know, you, you got to knock a little, knock a little bit of the rust off. I think that's what the Cleveland game did. So I think Lamar Jackson bounces back this week. I think the Ravens beat the Steelers. I'm actually taking Pittsburgh and look, it's not because I think it's not because I think Pittsburgh is good. I don't think Pittsburgh's good. Big Ben might have a worse arm than me at this point. Anish can attest probably, but look, but but here's the thing. These games are always tight and the Steelers have just always played Lamar. Well, if you actually go back and look at Lamar's numbers against Pittsburgh, he struggles a lot, but also I think it kind of rides on TJ Watt too. If he's out, I think this pick will change. But look, I have a lot of respect for the Ravens. Love the coaching staff. Lamar is a one-of-a-kind quarterback. You could argue he's the most unique player in football. But I don't care if they're eight and three, man. I, I, I feel like they're frauds. There are so many games that have just been so weird. They've just been getting 
not not so lucky so not, lucky that's the word that is the word bailed Ooh. out i was gonna i was gonna say bailed out just weird wins against bad teams and also pittsburgh is going to be very desperate because they know it they're done if they don't win this yeah so i'm taking the upset i'm going pittsburgh here yeah so i'm gonna go with baltimore but here's kind of you're right so they've scored 17 or less and i believe four straight or three of the four last games something they've like been, that uh, so yeah they've been so you know just so lucky or bailed out. And uh, the reason, look, I think for Pittsburgh, I think the week against Cincinnati was a huge moral loss. Like that was just, it sucked them out, dude, because like, you know, this is a team that they've kind of owned right throughout. Again, they kind of own every, the Browns and the, uh, and the Bengals. Right. And I think this one to see the Bengals do what they did, that that's got to suck some life out of them. Right. I mean, like, you know, that's such a, that's a horrible loss for, you know, a Pittsburgh team to allow 41 points right? Steel curtain, what they've been known for defense. And it's just horrible. It's bad. You're right. But this is a game that you're right, Shrikar, that they kind of have to win because they're 0-2-1 the last three games after going 5-3. and three. And I think people really just don't respect this team anymore. So if they want to make some changes now and they want to make, you know, make the playoffs this year, it all starts right now. Uh, but I'm going to go with Baltimore. I just think they have, they believe in themselves more. And I think, as Jack mentioned, I think Lamar is going to, you know, I think, uh, you know, we talked about the rust coming into the Cleveland game, and I think he's going to shake that off against this Pittsburgh team. So I just think uh, also, you know, Pittsburgh's still dealing with some injuries. TJ Watt's not 100%. I know he's going to be back on the field, but same thing with Joe Hayden and then also Minka had COVID. So just, you know, this team is just it – sh- it's it shouldn't be here where they are right now. It's really because of Tomlin. Uh, but, yeah, I think I got Baltimore here. Yeah, one thing you guys failed to mention is like the turmoil also going on inside the Pittsburgh locker room. Did you guys see the Chase Claypool, Mike yep. Tomlin, like kind of exchange? Well, that's, I, I think that's kind of. I did, but here's the thing. I can see both sides of that deal. argument. Yeah, it's I not, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. I, I, it's not that like one of them is right or not, but I, I don't know. I, I just feel like things may be heating up inside the Pittsburgh locker room. And that's what happens in desperation uh, times like that. You know, things can get a little bit fiery. Uh, I hope it does, but here's the thing. Uh, if the Steelers are like having that much turmoil over music at practice, I don't really think it's that. I don't think, I don't think the turmoil is over the music. I just feel like, you know, they're probably a little bit upset that they're losing these games and, uh, you know, a little bit stemming from the blowout loss. I just think it could all just be building up inside itself. I mean, got Chase Claypool has got to be pretty upset playing with big Ben because big Ben just does not have the arm to hit him on the deep routes that he runs. So it's, I don't know. I, I just feel like, yeah. This dude, like, as much as he annoys me with the TikTok stuff, like, I feel like every time they throw it down the field his way, he comes down with it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's just, he's really talented. And they're, they, I know, like, you know, Steelers got to move off him. Like, you know, as much as he means to this franchise, yeah, you got to sometimes suck he's, it up. He's just, cooked. Yeah. He is fried. Is that what, and they're still going to win. You're, you're sticking with that. Yeah. Let's I really stick. hope, T- I hope I, TJ Watt stays asking? healthy in this. Why as I said, last? Lamar, as I said, Lamar has done bad against Pittsburgh in the past. He, this Pittsburgh no, defense isn't the same, though. They just allowed 41 points to Cincinnati. Jack's just saying that because he picked Pittsburgh and he regrets it. I, I, I switched once I saw the Joe Hayden injury, and then I at last minute said, you know what, I'm sticking with my gut because I didn't want to second-guess myself. Here's the thing. If, this if, TJ, if TJ Watt is ruled out, I'm switching this pick. But I think if TJ Watt plays, I'm going Pittsburgh, man. I, I'm feeling right. the upset here. All right. Well, another big matchup. It's not it's not divisional, but uh, these two players, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, will be connected for the rest of their careers because obviously, you know, the two best quarterbacks, I think we can say of this draft class. And while, you know, I think right now the consensus choice is Justin Herbert is the better of the two. Joe Burrow with, you know, a good end to the season, maybe some playoff wins could 
kind of vault himself up to to be in the conversation for the top uh, for the top spot. They play each other this week. I wish it was a primetime matchup. It'd be much better than what than uh, Broncos Chiefs. But of course, you know the fan bases are not quite the same, especially with the Chargers. And and both teams have had some some primetime matchups already. But I think it's going to be a great game. When it came down to picking, I just I trust Cincinnati a little bit more. And I think obviously people will talk about the Chargers' worst run defense, and right now the Bengals being able to run the ball really well with Joe Mixon. Uh, but I just think I trust the Bengals' defense a little bit more than the Chargers' defense. And when it comes down like both teams, if it comes down to just making a play, I think the Bengals are just – I trust them a little bit more. They're a little bit more battle-tested playing the AFC North. So I, I'm going with the Bengals in this one, uh, and especially them being at home, which I'm pretty sure they're at home. Yeah. Uh, it just gives them a little bit of an advantage in my mind. See, the main issue I have with the Chargers recently, they're just, they're just less aggressive. Yep. And I blame Joe Lombardi because he's calling plays where Justin Herbert, he just can't throw past the sticks. Like, they're literally treating him like he's Drew Locke or something. As I said that the Bengals, like, am I wrong? They are no. just not. They're one not of my takeaways the other plays. week that they're I didn't go him. over on the podcast is that they're using Justin Herbert the wrong way, and it's going to get yeah, them in it, trouble. Exactly. These the are the Bengals same are things the, we talked about with Anthony Lynn. So, or Anthony yep. Lynn, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, yeah it, it it worries me, and I think Joe Lombardi's got to get it together, call some shot plays. The Bengals are more talented, but they're young. They're one of those teams that can have weeks where they can falter, lose focus. I just don't think it's going to be one of those weeks. I just can't put faith in the Chargers right now. That's that's all it is because this offense will literally move at will against their defense. Joe Mixon's going to have a huge game. If the Bengals can control the clock with them, it's it's a done deal. So I, I got to go Cincinnati here. Yeah. So the Chargers, oopsies, the Chargers run defense is awful, and they're facing probably the second hottest running back in football right now. Probably Joe Mixon. Yeah. So yeah. uh, I'm going to go with Cincy and uh, you know, I know a lot of Bengals fans uh, also, you know, back in Ohio in my area too, uh, where I see my family, like this is for them. I'm pretty sure there are two teams in the past decade that they have loved 2015 when they went eight and zero and 12 and four that year. And then this year, they have just been so fun to watch. I wish I was a Bengals fan because I would, I would be having so much fun watching this team. I mean, what were they seven, four, and they're just having the time of their lives. You know, they're going crazy, having fun. Um, I got them over LA here because I think, look, I, I see similarities to LA with Arizona last year. I just think they're a year away. You know, they're, they're making these yeah. mistakes that they can learn from. Uh, and you're right. Like, again, just misuse of the offense. This is something that's happened so many times for the same franchise, whether it's Phillip Rivers, LaDainian Thomas and Antonio Gates, this core that they've had, or it's this young core that they have right now. I mean, they, it's, it's confusing to me. I think they're a year away. And, you know, again, this tight AFC playoff race, every game matters. And I think if Cincinnati jumps to eight and four, it's looking really, really good for them. Um, yeah. So I got them in this game. Uh, another big matchup with two teams that are still kind of tough to figure out. The Raiders bounced back last week with a win over the, Bron- uh, the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Primetime win against the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this one. I, I want to pick Washington, uh, but again, just the games that they've won, it still hasn't looked pretty. And I think their one impressive win so far has been against Tampa Bay. The rest of them, they've kind of squeaked out. They should have they should have put it on Seattle last week. Uh, and yet they still, they disappointed a little bit, letting uh, up that late touchdown. And they uh, dropped the onside kick. And unfortunately for me, especially because I picked the Seahawks, uh, it was ended up 
overturned because of a penalty call. Uh, but I just feel like Washington has not impressed me much this season, except for their ability to put together that, like that one long drive against Tampa Bay. And I just think that Derek Carr, I trust him more than Taylor Heineke. I think at home, uh, the Raiders fans are going to be loud and I think they can beat Washington. I will say the only thing that concerns me here is the difference in rest. Raiders are coming off Thanksgiving. Washington's coming off Monday night football. So Raiders are definitely a lot more well-rested. But man, the Raiders beat Dallas, which I obviously have to give them credit for. But Dallas also took like, what, 200 yards worth of penalties in that game, and it still went to overtime. Dallas could have genuinely won that by two scores. So I think it was more of the Cowboys losing than the Raiders winning. I don't know why, but I feel like this is a game. Taylor Heineke is a frisky quarterback. I see this as a good game for Heineke. I think Washington at this point, is the better team, even with no Chase Young. I just think they're the better team. And if they get pressure on Derek Carr, this game is over. So I'm, I'm taking Washington here. I think it's an upset. I don't know what the point spread's at, but got to go with Taylor Heineke. Damn, man. I thought I could – darn. Because I looked at this game, and I just immediately – my head went Washington. I don't know why it did. It just yeah. – and I'm going to stick with it. Uh, because, look, Srikar kind of mentioned you're right. You know, I hate going against, you know – I always bring it up the travel time, right? They'll have to go cross country and short week and the rest. But look, Taylor Heineke, I don't know what it is. He is so fun to watch. He yeah. just makes exactly. plays. He just, he's a playmaker. He's six foot 185. Like that, that's, that's like normal. That's like a college kid. That's, that's like a college student build. He's like, just maybe like a few, like he's Jack, but like a little bit bigger. That's literally what he is. And he's just making plays. He's literally just making these crazy ass plays. He's so fun to watch. And I don't know why I just got him in this week. Look, who's going to stop Terry McLaurin, right? I think Washington's got a good chance to win the line of scrimmage with Antonio Gibson. And also I wanted to talk about this. Kendall Fuller is that dude. Mm -hmm. Washington got him for an absolute steal. I said that when they signed him four years, 40 million, one of the best signings at free agency. I believe it was in 2020. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Uh, it was from Kansas City. I I think he's a stud, absolute stud. And if you know, I know Renfro's in the slot. So if they put an outside guy on him, an X receiver is not beating Kendall Fuller. And if they put Kendall Fuller in the slot, he can do it there too. So uh, also they've got Cam Curl and you know Landon Collins. They still got their good secondary. Uh, and Jonathan Allen is a top five interior defensive lineman. I, just, I think he's, I think he's third. Yeah, yeah. you already talked three. Yeah, I know. I saw like the Caps the Blitz rankings. They got him at number three. Uh, I think but I'd go I, Donald I think, Hayward, Jonathan but, Allen. Yeah, yeah, you could put it like that. I, mean, sure. I put Chris Jones over him, but I think Jonathan Allen is. I think he's got a better future than Chase Young. Uh, they're both, you know, drafted in, you know, I think difference of two years, and I think Jonathan Allen is just incredible. So that that's. I don't know why this game just screamed to me Washington. I'm gonna go with the upset as well. Yeah, our next game, divisional matchup. I mentioned it earlier. Broncos can actually take the lead in the AFC West with a win. I'm going with Kansas City. Uh, and it feels really good to be able to just pencil them in as almost like in my head, almost a guaranteed win. And I'm not going to, you know, assert anything about that just because I know it'll backfire. But I feel very confident in taking Kansas City. And it feels nice to be able to say that for one of the first times this year uh, after their little skid that they went on. So I'm going with Kansas City to beat Denver. I've got the Chiefs here. I just don't know whether it'll be a blowout or a close game. So if I were to bet on this game, don't. But it's right also now, Drew Lock. is it Drew oh, Lock? Wait, or is it is Teddy Lock? I, I don't believe Teddy is. Oh, what? Okay, it's gonna be All it's right. gonna be a blowout. Take the under. 
right now, I think the Chiefs have gotten back and rolling. I think they're the best team currently in the AFC, in my opinion. Defense has just come all the way back from the sunken place, which is the big key here. But Denver will be desperate. That's why I kind of, you know, question this game a little bit. But I think either way in prime time, I don't see the Chiefs losing at Arrowhead in front of the home fans off a bye, no less. So give me the Chiefs here. Yeah, literally everything points to KC. And you know they got that guy, Mahomes, boy. But for Denver, they're not desperate because, you know, they've got some yeah. quality wins on their resume. I don't think they're desperate. Um, in the but, playoff look, race, I think they are. I think they're six and five. They're six and five. If you think about it, if you think about it, the Chargers are kind of falling right now. Yeah, but they've got Who it knows over what's with the LA. Raiders. So I, I wouldn't worry too much if I'm Denver. Like, this is a game you can kind of pencil in as like, okay, you know, we know we're not going to win. This it would take a kind of miracle to win this game. Also, my homeboy owns Denver, like, like owns them. He hasn't lost to him once. And he's like every time. And you know, his first start ever, right? 2017, he yep. beat him. So like he, he just he just yeah, he he doesn't lose to Denver. So I'm penciling in the Chiefs as well. And as Jack said, good to say, you know, for a while that you can pencil that one in off a of bye. <laughs> I mean, yeah. everything at home. Imagine, Sunday imagine night, just every, we're saying like, all this. You're telling me Denver Drew wins. Locke on primetime is gonna be Patrick Mahomes boy. Hell no. And now I might have just jinxed it. Whatever. Well, yeah, you jinxed I, we need a clip. That. You said he's never lost to Denver. He doesn't lose to Denver. And so you better not go That's with what I'm saying. Nah, I'm not just because I want them to lose. So, like, it gives the Browns a little bit of a chance. Like, you know, every loss in the AFC gives us better chance. So that's true. But then, it's, and then again, Denver picks up a win. So well, we got before. tiebreaker over them. That's, that's the true. one team in the entire race that we have tiebreaker over. So that's true. <laughs> they can have the win. Yeah. Uh, the final game of the week, it's Monday night. It seems like pick weeks always come down to the Monday night game. And this is the biggest game of the week. It's one of the bigger games we've had in a long time. Season, Patriots yeah. versus Bills. The Bills, the, the, the preseason favorite by almost everyone. Even some people who didn't have the Bills, they had the Dolphins. Patriots down at third place. But the Patriots right now, this, I think the two seed in the AFC, uh, number one seed, uh, or number one in the AFC East. It's a huge game. It's in Buffalo. Mac Jones' first time playing Buffalo? I'm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, first time playing Buffalo. Yeah, because I went back to see. They had played. They have not yet played. So Mac Jones' first time in Buffalo. Shrikar hinted maybe he kind of has a little bit of those jitters. Uh, I'll start again. I'm, I'm going with New England. I'm riding the hot hand. And it, I'm going to say the same thing that I said when I picked Indianapolis to beat uh, the Bills. New England can be an absolute dominant force in the run game, whether it's Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden. They can really just push it down your throat with the run game. They can absolutely attack you uh, straight on. They can run the outside zone. I've really liked what I've been seeing. And then when they throw the ball, Mac Jones, very smart, makes good decisions. He's an accurate thrower. I think that right now, especially with Travis White out too, uh, the Patriots, I think right now they have to be favored in this game. Uh, And I just feel like the way that they're going to run the ball and obviously I don't even have to mention Bill and the rest of that staff are, they're going to, they're going to game plan for Josh Allen. They'll probably try and take away Stefan Diggs. Uh, they don't have Stefan Gilmore to do that anymore, but they'll, they'll find a way to make it work. JC Jackson, as good as they come for with cornerbacks. So I think the Patriots, I'm going to pick them in this game and that probably gives them the best chance uh, to come out of the AFC East with a, a division title, something that we definitely, and I definitely did not say coming into the season. Shriek, I saw I a smile. Are you taking, you taking Buffalo? I'm going with Buffalo. Wow. Buffalo's defense is really good, and White's injury is crushing. I talked about this before. Here's the thing. I think the Bills have the corners to line up on New England's receivers. I believe in Levi Wallace. I believe in Taron Johnson in this game. 
Bills are at and Asante home. Samuel Jr., right? Yeah, and Asante Samuel. I'm so just let leave it alone. Bills are at home. I would say they are. You guys can't name the Bills right tackle. So Spencer I Brown. Would say, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I'd say desperation slightly on Buffalo's side. I think New England is good. But then again, I'm looking at their win streak. And during that stretch, have they beat a team as complete or as good as the Bills yet? That is my question. Well, what about, the what about the Bills skid? Have they lost to a team as complete as the New England Patriots? See, it's both sides of the coin. But there could be some sort of a rude awakening moment lurking. That's all I'm saying with New England. But anyways, I'm going with Buffalo. And as I talked before in the fantasy segment, Mac Jones could be rattled in this game. This is the biggest game of his career to this point. So will he flop? I don't know, but I'm going to go with Buffalo here. All right. So my pick is also going to be the New England Patriots. I just think, look, you got to ride the hot hand, as Jack said. It, the NFL is all about trends. And I think... Look, is Stephon Diggs really going to beat a double team by J.C. Jackson and Devin McCourty? I just, I don't know. I don't think he's going to consistently beat that. And they've got guys like Phillips, a Kyle Duggar, you know, guys that can handle the slack if they, you know, have to double team somewhere else. Personnel-wise, obviously, you got to go with uh, New England. I know Buffalo's got some good coaches of their own, but Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, you can't beat that. So I'm going with the Pats here, and I know Mac is a rookie, and this is probably the biggest game he's going to have to play. Uh, but in the big game where he had to play against Tom Brady, he was pretty good. So, you know, we've seen him and he's, he's been in moments like these, his whole career, especially with Alabama too. Right. So he's, he's not afraid of the big moments. And that's why, you know, I think the Patriots got to ride that hot hand a little bit. And this is huge for them, right? This is a win that really establishes themselves and gives them some sort of an identity. And I really hope they have it. And as Jack mentioned, again, the win in the trenches, they're very physical. Their offensive line is really good. I'd be surprised if you wouldn't put them in your top three for offensive lines this season and their defensive line. Again, as Jack mentioned, their bills, right? tackle spencer brown is not beating matthew judon so i got the pass actually i think a, a funny stat is uh i think they are maybe undefeated with when spencer brown plays that's so funny though but he's not <laughs> and when he's not they they aren't i don't know if it's even cody ford's not, not good correlation but he's, he's been pretty he's been hey, pretty good stats no correlation does not equal causation i need it to does know not. that for my final so <laughs> Well, hopefully Anish does well on his final. That's all we got for you guys today. It's the end of the episode. Uh, again, like we say, every single episode, you can go vote for the rest of these picks on our Instagram story. Uh, you guys went with Dallas tonight. and So you'll know tomorrow when you listen to the episode or Saturday if you were right on that one. Uh, but anyways, we hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please consider leaving a like, subscribing on YouTube and all that. Uh, leaving a five-star review if you enjoyed listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But that's all we got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for listening. We've been the Cold Heart Truth Podcast, and we will see you next time.